Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Yes, this is Bruce from Millbrae, and I was just wondering, what price would you start buying some of these copper stocks like BHP, Vale, and Rio? And provides unbiased answers. Right now, they've been under pressure. I think that that is buying opportunities being set up. Now, of course, each individual company has its own individual buying opportunity and may have its own different kinds of problems, so you got to an- analyze them individually. Invest Talk. Over 36 million downloads and counting. Hey, my question is, for a fixed income part of a portfolio, what do you think of the TIP ETF that invests in treasury inflation protected securities right now? Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, November 12th, 2021. And for those of you watching the calendar in anticipation of the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, we have less than two weeks away. Two weeks to go. Less than. One day less, but it's still less. In the meantime, as we as we see news reports of increasing inflation, I think lots of people are becoming concerned. Very concerned. I, I've been reporting on it for some time now, and I'm sure everybody else is too. I have been saying that it's going to be here longer and higher than most people think and more than the Fed thinks. And we're, that's going to be one of our main talking points today, by the way. And, you know, so we still have other questions. You still have to manage your portfolio. And we all, regardless, you know, inflation is here. But you know what? There's ways to beat inflation as far as returns on your assets. So we'll talk about that. You know, any questions you have, we'll discuss. And, of course, we always start off the program with our mission statement, Independent Thinking Share Success. And that means we will report the facts. We'll give you unbiased information. And that's, you know, based on the information that we have. So the reason why I even put that little caveat in there is because the information we have could be wrong, but generally it's not. Because we really work hard at getting good, solid information to pass along to you. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me today with all your financial investment questions. And when you do, you get to shape the show, drive it to the direction you want it. As long as it's financial, I'm going to drive it with you, okay? So if you've never called, why not do it now? Any question that's financial, we'll talk about. In fact, you can call and interact with me right this second. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. I'm live right now. So, And if you can't call during the show, that's okay. Just leave your questions. Leave your questions recorded, and we will answer them the next day or the day after. The number never changes, 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to our first caller question. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I would like to add to my energy sector in my portfolio. I found XOP, which is a spider oil and gas ETF. Please let me know the price to buy this ETF. Thanks for all you guys do. I really appreciate it. So what he's asking me uh, right there is to look at a chart because you know that's the best way to determine what is a good support or resistant levels of movement in the stock. Uh, chart reading is not a science. It is an art. So what is a good entry point for this stock? And I would probably suggest around $90.50, $91. It's an ETF, by the way. It's $107 now. So I'd wait for the pullback if we get one. And if we don't, I wouldn't buy it. So it's an ETF seeking performance corresponding to the S&P Oil and Gas Exploration and Production Select Industry Index, okay? This has gotten as high as about $170, $180, uh, 181 Nope, nope, I take that back. I'm sorry. It got in 2015, it got as high, 2014, it got as high as 336 That's the high that I see here. 
So I don't think it'll get there. Last year, year before last, uh, probably about 160 to 170 is a good target price. Okay. Thanks for the call. That was uh, XOP. XOP, everybody. Okay, uh, my focus point today concerns a story behind the headlines. Big business bosses have issued a warning. Supply chain issues and inflation are here to stay. Big business CEOs. They're saying inflation is here to stay. That's directly opposite of what most central bankers, including our Fed, say. They say it's transitory. It's going to go away. So we're going to talk about that. I think that is a very important point. If the CEOs are thinking inflation here to stay, and why? Why is that? Because they set the prices of their. They know what their business is going to be. They know what's coming in, how much costs, what they know the input costs. They know what they have to get when they sell. So you know, I'm going to believe them. Also, we'll talk about um, young workers have huge wage increases. I'm going to break that down and tell you what that means. A strong dollar, the good and bad of a strong dollar. Because our dollar has been pretty strong. And consumer sentiment numbers came out today, and they were shockingly low. Shockingly low. So we're going to talk about those things, time permitting, of course. Uh, The market was up today, 179, 179 points on the Dow, 157 on the NASDAQ, and 34 on the S&P 500. But the week was a kind of a down week. I mean, we had, you know, there was pretty a lot of fear of inflation early in the week, and that kind of set the tone. So that's what we're going to talk about. What do you guys want to talk about? Fridays are very busy, so I do have time. I, I don't have time. I do not have time for the trivia question on Friday. But I will be sharing highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter the latest version I finished this morning. That's coming up just past the halfway point in the program and podcast. So I mentioned how the markets did. I think that, you know, we're in the best best part of time of the year for this, the annual cycle of the market, meaning the last three months of the year and the first three months of the year. So we'll, you know, take it that day, day by day. This is Invest Talk, and we are underway with a busy Friday. So, Dan from Palo Alto, hang on. Thanksgiving will be here soon, and you've got festivities planned. But you can't forget about your goal to achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are here and they welcome your questions now. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. 888 992 Let's go talk to Dan in Palo Alto. Dan. Hi, Steve. Great to speak with you. I appreciate your show, your newsletter uh, every day. And, Thank uh, you. I wanted to wanted to ask you, given the consumer sentiment and the holidays, um, I was thinking of adding to a position uh, Academy Outdoor Sports AOS stock symbol. I just wondered what you thought about retail in general, and particularly this uh, this uh, security. AOS is Smith AO Corporation. You sure oh, my, my bad. Um, Academy Outdoor Sports is what I was after. ASO. Excuse oh, me, ASO. Okay. Great, thank you. There you go. Oh, there it is. Okay, appreciate that. Uh, operates 259 stores across 16 contiguous st- contiguous states, primarily in the southern United States. It's a fairly new company. Came out in September, oh, around September 2020. Um, it's a $47 stock. They're going to make $5.52 next year after making $6.25 this year. So they're going to come. Their sales are going down. I mean, their profits are going down, but their sales are still running pretty, pretty good. Uh, they probably might soften a little bit, but it is a pretty good value. Turn equity is really healthy, really, really healthy at thirty-seven percent. Cash flow is five dollars and fourteen cents. Very healthy. 
Uh, they don't have a ton of debt. Management owns 2%, and mutual funds have doubled in the last year ownership of this company. So that, I would say it still looks fairly strong. It's had a great run, as you know, uh, moving from $15 or so back in October of 2000, 2020, was it? Um, what year was that? Uh so um, it, it topped at forty-seven sixty-five back in September, and it's now forty-seven ten. So it's right at that top again, trying to push through. I would wait till it broke up to about forty-eight dollars to make sure it makes a new fifty-two-week high, so that we know it's not hitting resistance right now. Because it's been at this point for four or five, six trading days in a row, and it's having a hard time breaking through. If it doesn't break through and it falls off then I think a great buy point is around $39, maybe 40 Okay, so those would be the two buy points I would use. And I think uh, it is still a very healthy and undervalued company. So I wouldn't hesitate to, to, to buy it if I were you. Okay? Dan, appreciate the call. That's ASO, Academy Sports and Outdoor, ASO. My focus point concerns the story behind the headline, headline Big Business Bosses, have issued a warning, supply chain issues and inflation are here to stay. Now, you, since they are CEOs we're talking about, we have to assume that they know more about their supply chain than anybody else. Because they're the ones that have to insist on getting their input supplies, you know, whatever it is, to put in their stores or put out in the, in the, in the ether if they're an online company or wherever, and they can't get what they need because of supply chain disruptions. They said the world's uh, uh, the world supply chain bottlenecks are going to be difficult to overcome over the next few months. It's going to last into next year. And I have said I think it's going to be late next year before those things really resolve themselves. And these CEOs think it might, you know, in certain cases, be even longer than that. They also say uh, the inflation is much more of a problem, much higher than central governments, including our own, you know, give it uh, any give the credence to it as inflation. For instance, did you know that uh, Chinese Chinese producer price index, their P, uh, produced PPI, came in at thirteen point eight percent, thirteen point five percent. I'm sorry, annually in October, where ours is eight point six. Annually, the producer price, that's some that's a cost to the CEO's companies when they, they take that input cost and then they make their goods and services, whatever it is, and they pass that on, and they're going to pass those costs on. You know, everybody's expecting higher inflation, so they're going to be able to pass it on, and they're going to do it. So don't think it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. And... They are just going to be fat, and the CEOs are saying they're faced with uh, supply problems and core competence in many of the areas of their businesses. So it's not something that they are going to just get over. They're just not. So Bank of England expects consumer price inflation top 5% before moderating in 2022. So they're one of the most... Uh, hawkish on how much inflation we're going to be facing. So just be prepared. It's not over. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a long-term problem, and it's going to stay with us. That's what I'm telling you. Don't worry about it. Don't freak out about it, though. Corporations, remember, I just said they can pass along the costs, and they're going to. Therefore, their profit margins are probably going to be just fine. But don't get too... The more important issue for them is supply, supply chain. On Fridays, I generally make time to fit in a quick rundown on key benchmark numbers, so here we go. The two-year Treasury yield was at 0.55, and last week was 0.4, so it's rising, right? Two weeks ago, it was 0.475, so it's rising. The 10-year yield is at 1.58, last week was 1.46, so both of the two-year and the 10-year are rising. Therefore, the yield spread is still fairly healthy. 
Gold price, 1863 an ounce. Last week was 1808. Two weeks ago, it was 1782. Gold has made a very good run the last couple of weeks. Silver, 2525. Last week is 2402. Also make a good run. So, of course, gasoline prices are pretty high. Okay, uh, this is the Mess Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. I can't help you, but you've got to help me. You've got to call the show and ask your questions. 88. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Uh, I think there's likely a pullback here. 888-99-CHART. The time is getting closer. The free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World, Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. It's free, but you have to register in advance. Go to investtalk.com, click on the register button. Now, Steve and Justin are taking your calls live. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Sonny in Fremont. Hi, Sonny. Uh, hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have a question on uh, I mean, Alphabet. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been watching the stock for a while, and I missed uh, you know the opportunity to kind of buy it at a lower price. It's been sort of going up consistently. I uh, haven't seen a, full, uh, a uh, pullback yet. So what, what's your advice on a good entry point? And how long should I wait before I jump in? Okay. Well, we had a little pullback. It was uh, back in sep- uh, late August, September. It was 29.36. Fell to a low of 26. Gave 300 points or so up, which is only, what, eight, about 10, 11%. But that's that's a decent pullback. And now it's back up to 29.92. So it's at new highs, new 52-week highs. So you could buy it here and just ride the ride as long as you can, or you can wait for a pullback. And I wouldn't—I expect more than a ten percent pullback. Maybe, maybe you should play it this way: buy half of the position now and wait for a pullback to buy the other half. At least you're in it that way if it continues to rise. But I will say this: you're a little late to the party. It has been rallying since March of 2020, pretty strongly. So, you know, this is Alphabet, everybody. Google, I'm, I didn't provide, you know, it provides online search, internet content. You know, everybody knows who Google is. Alphabet, symbol G-O-O-G. Okay, and just so you know, uh, we own Google and some of our managed accounts. Um, I like Google a lot. I like it better than Facebook. I like it better than others because of what they do. I don't like Facebook's business model, if you want to know the truth. You know, and the, and I've mentioned this before. I don't like the fact that you, when you use Facebook, they post ads and things to you, right? They're tracking you and what you're doing, and they post things to you to attract you to go buy stuff. So that's how they sell advertising. Well, one of the ways. Google, on the other hand, you have you search for things. It's a search engine, and you're searching for stuff, and that's how they make money. When you find it, they put things up on the things that you're actually looking for. I kind of like that business model better now uh, both of these companies of course spread out to do other things but i'm talking about their basic business appreciate the call thanks sonny appreciate it when people take the time to leave an investor podcast review on itunes i like to thank them for that as a courtesy so here's the one that you know, by answering their question if they have one really fast the reaper is who this came from I wanted your opinion on ticker MMP. Okay, MMP is MP Materials Corporation. Is it a good investment even though it has a high debt to equity ratio? Let's take a look. Fairly new company. Uh, came out a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago or so. Came out as an IPO. They make money. There you go. We always like to start with that, right? Does the company make money? They make 
2020, they, 2019, they lost money. Then 2020, 21, 22, 2020, they made 17 cents. This year, they're estimated to make 70 cents a share. Next year, 83 cents a share. Sales growth is in the hundreds of percent growth. What do they do? Owns and operates rare earth mining and processing site of a scale in Western Hemisphere, MP materials. So the, the, the military is very interested in uh, rare earth companies. They're going to buy stuff from them as fast as they can because they don't want to rely on China, which used to be the sole provider of rare earth minerals. That seems awful stupid why they would ever let that happen. Anyways, uh, it's an $8 billion company. It's $46 a share, so it's expensive. You're going to have to pay up for it. The P has never been below 38, but, of course, it's a fairly new company. So um, I think it, I think it's going to continue to rise. I think, this, I think the, the fundamentals are that sales growth is, is going to continue to be 100% or more a quarter. I think that's, what's gonna, that's just what it's going to be it's because of the different dynamics going on in the world. And as I said, rare earths are needed by not just the military, but most computer makers, on and on and on and on. And so I kind of like it a lot. But it is overpriced. You're paying up. You got to pay up for it. Okay, another one uh, from E. Rocker. I own Alliance Data Systems, ADS, and wonder what your thoughts were after its recent spinoff. I don't know. I don't know anything about the recent spinoff. Uh, I wouldn't buy this company because it doesn't make money. They don't have any sales. It's a blank check company. And if I can tell you people out there, almost all the time, stay away from blank check companies. These are companies that don't have a business. There's no business. They have to go buy a business. They have to figure out what they want to buy and then go buy it. And then that business has to be profitable. But just a blank check company? Why would you own that? That's what this is. I wouldn't wouldn't touch it. It is Friday, and that means I will soon be sharing highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. That's coming up very soon. In the meantime, my phone lines are open, and the number is 888-992-4278. And the question is, during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady, at least for blue chip companies as compared to share prices, or should I expect some fluctuation in the uh, dividend stream that I'm hoping to get? Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now. Ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, this is John from Sunnyvale. Hey, my question is, for a fixed income part of a portfolio, what do you think of the TIP ETF that invests in treasury inflation-protected securities right now? In particular, given the um, duration is 7.6 years and interest rates and also inflation are both expected to rise. Also, how do you compare this relative to other fixed income investment alternatives right now? Like, for example, maybe an ETF or a closed-end fund of corporate bonds or munis, maybe with a shorter duration, perhaps a latter corporate bonds where you'd have less interest rate risk? Thanks. Well, of those, I like the laddered corporate bonds best. I, I like I like to own the actual bonds and have a number of them and kind of manage my own little mutual fund of bonds. Um, 
Um, I don't have a problem with the uh, tips, treasury inflation protected securities tips, uh, because inflation is increasing. The base rate is pretty low where it starts because the 10-year and the two-year are very low, so it's a very low rate starting. But they keep adding every six months, they readjust the return based on inflation. As inflation goes up, they pay more tips, pay more um, yield. You get more, make more money. So I kind of like that idea. I don't like the ETF or bond funds. In general, I don't like them because the values will go down as interest rates rise. The net, net asset value of the fund will go down as the interest rates rise. Maybe a multi, uh, multi, uh, um, uh, maturity date type fund might work where they can lean on shorter, shorter terms right now instead of the long terms. But again, I like you buying corporate bonds, quality corporate bonds first. And when I say quality, they don't have to be AAA. That's not the way the place to be because they don't pay hardly anything. You have to get down to the triple B plus area, and you start getting some good payments. And there's great companies down there. Don't think that they're bad companies. They're not. They're not. Triple B, triple B plus, are a good quality bonds, and you can get you know three, four percent, four and a half percent, and that's a sweet spot right now in my opinion. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was uh, finished today. I finished it this morning, and it will be distributed tomorrow. In the market conditions sections, I explained after several weeks of strong bullish, after a strong bullish move from the lows of October, this week profits were taken as uh, the market weakened. Investors sold off a little bit. The weakness can be blamed on inflation. A couple of inflation gauges that were released this week, one being the PPI, Producer Price Index, which came in close to expectations, about six-tenths of percent for the month of October, up from five-tenths of percent in September. But the second matrix, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, spiked to 0.9% from 0.4. Okay, and if you, you know, if you, if you go to the core CPI, it was 0.6% from the previous month of 0.2. That's 300% increase, by the way, just so. And put it in that context if you want to. That's why I said it was kind of surprisingly high. It was a spike. They didn't expect it to be that high. Uh, also, it was a light week for economic numbers this week. Uh, unemployment claims fell to 257, 257,000. And that's near the pre COVID lows. Uh, there are plenty of job openings, 10 million plus job openings out there, around 10 million. That's still good. A lot of job openings, and the labor participation rate is low for no discernible reason that it should be. Shouldn't. Demand for goods and services is rising, and the supply disruptions are continuing. But the basic backdrop for improvement of the U.S. and world economy looks to be strong. We just have issues that we have to deal with. I talked about those earlier this on the show here. The supply chain issues and inflation. So, COVID, I fake, frankly think, is kind of behind us as an issue. But I don't don't misinterpret me saying that it's going away. I'm saying it's gone. No, no, no. It's going to spike again. I'm talking about as an issue of economics because I think everybody's realizing, you know, all this uh, vaccines and fast ma- mask wearing everywhere is really not doing that much good. Yeah, I know you're going to argue that it is, but I'm just looking at, well, how come we're having spikes and valleys, spikes and valleys? Yeah, it seems like I think it's here to stay forever. I don't think it's going to go away ever. You know, we have still have the 1917 Spanish flu around that never went away. So that's what I think. But I'm talking about as an economic issue. The only reason that it could become an economic issue is because of politics. That's all. That's what I think. We need to concentrate, I think, on treatment. That's where all the money and time should be spent, treating it, figuring better treatments. Also, um, in the portfolio management section, uh, when studying finance, the basic definition of value for any financial asset is present value of future cash flow. That concept is what I dis- what I discussed. Present value is pretty easy, but 
present value of future cash flow gets a little bit more tricky. And as an investor, if you're managing your money, you really need to understand the concept when you're buying companies. What's their future like? What's the value, present value, of their future cash flow? That's really something you have to know as an investor, if you're going to do it yourself. Stock ideas. Uh, two companies, I named two companies we own on our managed, some of our managed accounts at KPP Financial. One's a big DRAM flash memory chip maker and makes for computers, servers, and consumer electronics. Sales growth in the last three quarters has exceeded 30% each. The chip industry is very cyclical, I mentioned. And... The PE, this PE is well under 10, looks uh, pretty compelling as far as a value. And I looked at a stock that provides operations, program management, and consulting services to government agencies. Sales growth has been strong for two years. Return equity is 19%. And mutual funds have been buying the last year or so. Of course, I name names and give you the companies, who they are, but uh, in the newsletter. Uh, the one I like about this is because the government is spending even more money. So they're going to need they need more management tools. Anyways, there is a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. I think it's every week comes out. Easy for you to subscribe. Go directly to investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. That's two T's in the middle. And after subscribing, you'll receive that full report every Saturday in your Eve inbox. Okay, let's go to a live caller. Let's go to Edward, Edgar in San Diego. Hi, Edgar. Hi, Steve. Um, I've been holding Citibank for a while, and I was wondering if you can take a look at chart and see is there any more legs there for this stock goes higher? I do think so. I, I would say yes. Citigroup, everybody, you know, it's a huge bank, $137 billion. A global holding company offering banking investment, insurances, credit card services. Sales have been slowly going down the last, you know, eight quarters. Slowly going down, and that's a little disturbing. But the profit margins are pretty good. They're going to make ten fifty a year, ten ten dollars and fifty cents this year per share. Next year, seven dollars and ninety eight cents. So it's going to go down about twenty four percent next year. But it's a sixty nine dollar stock. That means it's well under 10 P.E. and more like a 8 P.E. And therefore, the five-year range is 5 to 14, pays a 2.9% dividend. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think it might be a little early to exit. Uh, it, I think it will at least go back up to $80. That's where I think it will go. Okay, you might have to be a little patient with it, though, Edgar. That's C for Citigroup, everybody. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto. Wants to talk about Amazon. Jerry. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for the call. Good. So Amazon versus NVIDIA. Amazon, I kind of feel like it's got this trading range of between 3,200 and 37 on the high. NVIDIA obviously has exploded lately. Five years down the line, if I invested X amount of dollars, which one's going to bring in more money? Amazon. Really? Now, I don't, you know, you realize I'm giving you my best right. estimate. I don't know. Uh, but the reason why I'm saying that is uh, Amazon has, is going in so many different directions. Hemony has tons of, tons of uh, companies that someday I think they're going to have to spin back off because of, you know, monopolistic habits. But they've been growing sideways for, what, almost this whole year. Amazon has. I think that's that telling me that this stock is ready to go up, explode up. The P/E ratio is 68 or so, and the five-year range is 54 to 275, and they're still growing 15 to 25 percent a quarter or higher. So, not that Nevada is bad. It isn't. It's good. It it is wow. good. Okay. So, um, matter of fact. Uh, we we own NVIDIA in some of our managed accounts. So don't think I'm bad mouth on NVIDIA. You asked me five years from now. NVIDIA right. is is less, um, it's more focused on a certain sector uh, of, of its industry where Amazon has a lot of 
lot of fingers in the pie, you know, out there. And I just think that that's more valuable. Gotcha. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate the call. Now, everybody, when someone asks me a question like that, that's my opinion. Okay. And I make that opinion with informed information, but it's still an opinion. In other words, I don't know for sure. No one does. If you ever talk to a money manager or listen to a pundit out there and they said, this is what's going to happen, they are lying to you. They don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. We can give you our best guess with our knowledge and historical patterns and those kinds of things. But one thing the market I've learned over my many, 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 many years of being in the market is that it tends to embarrass you quite often. When you say X, it does Y. So don't, that's one of the reasons why I tell you don't load up any one anyone stock. Because you feel, okay, I, I know this stock is going to be the one that's going to be the huge winner. And it is it. That's not uncommon. Okay. Young workers are getting a huge wage increase. Ages 16 to 24 workers, their, their wages, of course, I understand that they're the low wage group, right? We know that, 16 to 24. We know, I know. But still, percentage of increases by age group is important. 1624, they're getting a 9.8% year-over-year wage increase. Workers 25 to 54, they're getting 3.7. 9.8 to 3.7. 55 years and older, they're getting a wage increase of 2%. The young people are getting more and more money because a lot of corporations are raising their minimum wage right, to $15. And there's a lot of competition for workers now, right now, even though there's a lot of workers that could come into the workforce because we know that because the labor participation rate is so low, and we know there's lots of jobs out there. So the employers are competing for those people. They're raising wages, and it's showing up in stats right right now. Okay, so that's a good thing. Not a bad thing. A strong dollar, is that good or bad? Is it good or bad? We'll get to that. Let's squeeze in another caller right now. Yes, this is Bruce from Millbrae, and I was just wondering, what price would you start buying some of these copper stocks like BHP, Vale, and Rio? They're getting low, I think, and I'm wondering if you're interested in them at these prices. Thanks. I am. Uh, interested in these, you know, these are basic commodity kind of companies, um, the mining companies, and I think we're going to have a, a continued upward pressure on commodities. Continued. So, yeah. Uh, right now, they've been under pressure. I think that that is buying opportunities being set up. Now, of course, each individual company has its own individual buying opportunity and may have its own different kinds of problems, so you got to an- analyze them individually. You can't just say, oh, let's buy copper mining companies. You got to, you got to, you got to do a little bit more work than that. But yeah, the answer is yes. I think they're very interesting that the prices are coming in at. So a strong dollar can be good or bad, right? Depending, depending. Okay, you're going to get higher prices, right? That's not good for you, the consumer. But you, the consumer, if you're investing, which you are, if you're listening to this show, you're going to get higher yields because interest rates are rising, right? So, uh. If, you know, inflation, you know, we're talking about inflation. The dollar is inflating, right, right now, inflating. Um, So that means if our dollar is going up and other currencies are not, our dollar buys more stuff, right? But on the other hand, if we have corporations that are exporting and we're making that stuff using our dollars, then our prices, our, our exports will go down because it costs too much. So there's always pluses and minuses. You as an investor just got to figure out where you need to lean on to make the most from your own profits, the most from your own investments based on what inflation might do. What is a higher dollar? What does that do? What should I, what should I move toward? Those kinds of things and decisions you make. There's always opportunity. Don't think inflation's a bad thing for stocks. It's not. 
This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, always the same goal, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after the break here. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Yeah, I own GDX, um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. What's your question? 888-99-CHART. listening to invest talk we've seen the markets go up then down sideways and around it's called volatility and if you're a serious investor you'll have finance and investment questions for steve peasley he's here now taking your calls live invest talk 888-99-CHART yeah this is nathan from texas and i was calling about wtrh that's waiter wtrh and i'm just curious what your thoughts are on this company long term do you think this will eventually become a successful business model do you think they'll make money i know it's it's been long and uh, developing over time and to me logically it seems like one day it will succeed but the stock just seems to stay down and i'm just curious uh, timeline wise how long do you Give a stock like this a chance. Do you hold indefinitely or sell? Or I would just be curious about your thoughts. Thanks. Well, if you bought it in 2015 or 2016, where it may it lost one to three cents a share, and the price of the stock was nine ish. Okay, so you would say, okay, 2016. I'll wait four or five years and it'll make money. Next year, it's going to lose nine cents a share. Last year, this year is going to lose a penny a share. Next, last, in 2020, they finally made money, 15 cents a share, because of COVID. People ordering online, a lot more food. But now we're moving back. This is not for me. I, I would give up on this. This is Waiter Holdings, provides online food ordering and delivering services in the southeastern United States. Do I think that the online food ordering and Delivery is going to be around, yeah, but it's only going to be a very small few companies doing it, and most of them have a heck of a time trying to make money, and this is a really tiny company. I mean, it's $179 million market cap. It's selling for $1.42. Do I think it's going to – should it be higher than $1.42? I don't think so. They're not making money. They haven't made money. They only made money one year, and that's because of COVID. Uh, mm, uh, uh, not for me. I, I just don't – I just don't like the business model, and they're taking way too long to actually make it work. I think one of the big boys would come in. How about Amazon? Somebody, the big boys are going to come in. They'll take the majority of shares of this kind of business if it is a profitable business to have. Okay? Just, so, so I'd say wait a minute. Uh, consumer sentiment out today. Dropped to a 10-year low. Consumer sentiment dropped to a 10-year low. Why did it drop so high? Inflation. 104 pointed at inflation. It went to 66.8 from 71.7. And it was expected to be a lot, uh, to go up to 72. And instead went down sharply. And when they asked the consumers pretty much pointed at inflation fears as the number one issue that making them worry. I'm not sure. As long as their wages go up, and see, this is a fear of mine, as I mentioned before several times. Wages moving up, then prices moving up, wages moving up, then prices moving up, and it gets into a vicious cycle that we had in the, uh, what, 70s, uh, 70s when I first got out of college in the early 70s, and that's what was, was happening. There was a cycle. Wages would be, people would get, you know, a raise and be happy, but the next month, the prices of food and everything else. Now, food inflation doesn't affect us very much, us me in the United States, because we only spend about 13% of our budget on food. 
But if you talk about people like in India or other parts of the world they, who spend 80, 90% of their budget or 70% of their budget on food, inflation, food inflation really impacts them dramatically. But not for us. So food is not that big of an issue. Okay. So uh, that ends the week, everybody. I hope you've had a great, great week. I know we had a market that was a little bit difficult, but that's okay. I don't think it's uh, uh, anything to worry about too much. I really don't. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we do encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the show. Hopefully you find it informative. It's all free, free download podcasts, everything's free. Get it at any time at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And if you do iTunes, please share and rate us. Give us a rating. If good, bad, and different, it's up to you. But we really would like the rating. Okay? And if you have a question after you rate us, we will get to that question quickly. Okay? Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.